Numbers 21. Hmm. And Israel, children of Israel, nearly three million of them, two and a half for sure, journeyed from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, and the people became impatient, depressed, much discouraged because of the trials of the way. So God led them a long way around to get into the promised land because he didn't want to take them, if you read the scripture, through the area that the Philistines occupied because there would immediately have been a war and God didn't want them to get discouraged over an immediate fight that they would have to engage in. So he took them on a journey through the wilderness to get there and look at their attitudes. They became impatient, depressed, discouraged. Those are the trials. Father, I offer praise to you. I lift my heart to you. Give us the word today that we need to hear. And let the anointing of the, of the Holy Spirit empower every one of us through your word to change direction in the direction that you want us to be in. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This is the story of the fiery serpents coming into the camp of Israel. It says on the journey, the people grew discouraged. They grew impatient. How many know that when the journey gets a little difficult, no matter what the battle is, you can get impatient in the waiting? And we just sang about that, waiting for the walls to come down. You can get discouraged in the waiting. And that's a trick of the enemy. That's exactly what he wants you to do. So it goes on to say, and they began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness, they complained. There's nothing to eat here and nothing to drink. And we hate this horrible manna. Oh, mm. that food, if I could get the recipe to it, we'd put all the doctors out of business. This sustained health for those people. They, they, they walked in the blessing and the favor of God. Now, what's your manna? What is it in your life that God provides you or has provided you and blessed you with that sustained you? And yet you complain and gripe and you don't like it and it's not what I wanted and we hate this horrible manna. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people and many were bitten and died. And the people came to Moses and cried out, we have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people and the Lord told him, make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they'll simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of a bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. And those that refused died. The children of Israel had come out of Egypt. And you know the story. They just loved to complain. If it wasn't one thing, it was another. He brought them out of 420 years of slavery. And all they did is complain the minute they left Egypt. It's a picture that lets us know when God brings us out of our bondage, when he brings us out of slavery to sin from our past, be careful not to complain to God. You'll complain about perceiving that he's not for you in your life. It's a picture that lets you know, yes, God brought you away from addictions. You couldn't get away from it by yourself, but he brought you out and he set you free 
Be wise about what you say about your God. It's a picture letting us know that whatever you were enslaved to, once you are free, be careful you don't murmur and complain concerning your current situation. It could be a lot worse. God takes this personally. You don't have to be a drug addict for the devil to defeat you. All you've got to do is be a complainer. Because of our sin nature, we're complainers by that nature. Because of being surrounded by negativity on the job, even people that you associate with, some family members, the politics of our world, because of constant negativity. If you're not careful, you pick up on the negativity and you become a complainer like everybody else. You'll be just like the people at work and you'll lapse back to what you were B.C., And the reason that God could not allow the children of Israel to enter into the promised land was because of their lack of trust in him. Complaining will cause you to wander in the wilderness all of your life. And the more you complain, the worse everything gets. And make no mistake, our attitude determines our altitude. Our attitude will determine how we come through a test. In other words, you're in a test today. You're going to go through something right now. Your attitude, the things that you're saying will determine how you process through the test. That's why we have to be careful about what we say while we're enduring a test. Our words are like the rudder of a ship, James writes. The rudder of a ship guides and directs a ship wherever it goes. You don't have to feel good things to speak good things. You don't have to feel faith to speak faith. But the more you murmur and complain about not getting what you want or how God is moving too slow, or how you can't believe he won't do this for you when you've requested it, the more you speak like that, the more you set yourself up for failure. The word says, give no place to the devil. And when you're critical and you complain, you're going to open the door for the enemy to come in and he'll steal everything you have. When you came to the Lord, you had all kinds of baggage in your life. But now that you've given your life to the Lord, he calls us to set aside that baggage. You're to put away childish things. And now that you've given your life to the Lord, you can't walk around gossiping, fault-finding, complaining, spilling out of your mouth, because now you're called to grow up in Christ. You're putting away childish things, and you're growing more like Jesus. When the children of Israel continued complaining, God sent poisonous snakes into their camp to shut them up. Maybe that's why you're going through some of the stuff you're going through. Look at your neighbor and say, no more complaining. Complaining opens the door for the enemy. He'll walk in and destroy you. Complaining will come back to bite me. Say that. Complaining will come back to bite me. And anytime you complain, you're opening the door for the enemy to enter in. He'll steal your joy, your peace, your future. He'll set you up for failure because the enemy's plan is for you to complain so much that it's stolen away your future. His plans for you are so negative that when you don't get answers to your prayers, he keeps goading you and he keeps sticking you. How many know the devil doesn't want you to be blessed? So he'll just keep prodding you and testing you and tripping you. Complaining says you don't believe God's going to work it out. Can I get to the root of this? 
Tell the truth and shame the devil. Amen. The root of our complaining is we just don't believe God's going to work it out. You have to begin to change what you're saying. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat its fruit. In other words, you're going to eat the fruit of the words you speak. When people are thankful, they eat their words, and that's good stuff. Have you ever been with someone? They appear to always be up, always saying good things, in spite of going through difficulty, in spite of a test. They always seem to have a good report in their mouth. Have you ever noticed things always seem to work out for those kind of people? We need to speak daily blessing over our family members. The word says, bless and curse not. It helps your wife when you speak blessing over her. It helps your husband when you speak blessing over him. It helps your children when you stop yelling and start speaking blessing by faith over their life. You need to make up your mind every single day, speak blessing over your family. You can't be happy in this life as long as you're complaining. Because the more you complain, the more miserable you make yourself. You'll never have happiness as long as you're always negative. You keep speaking about, well, you know, back then, the good old days, what happened in the past. Listen, don't live there. God's doing a new thing. It's always fresh. Have you not seen it? And God's blessings come when we make up our mind to put on a heart of thanksgiving. From the fruit of his lips, a man enjoys good things. What a precious promise. It says that from the fruit of a man's mouth, he enjoys good. When you're speaking good, you'll enjoy good. If you're not enjoying a good life right now, the inference is you just might not be speaking the right stuff because you're eating the fruit of what you're speaking. It's tight, but it's right. Hmm? Amen? When we complain, God takes it personally. When we complain, it causes God to know we don't trust him. It causes God to know we don't have faith. You have to believe that no matter the situation you're in, no matter what you face, no matter how the struggle is, you have to believe somehow God will work it out for my good. Somehow he's working a plan I don't comprehend. With his mouth, the godless destroys his neighbor. Hmm. Now that we're born again, We're not to act like godless people. Now that we're born again, we don't tear people apart. We don't have to be a complainer, but have enough faith in the Lord to put on a heart of thanksgiving. So no matter what you face, no matter whether it's a little bit or whether you're in the middle of of a blessing, no matter whether you have some good going on or it's just a bad day going on, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. That'll preach, huh? What you think, you are. And then you reason as a child. But when you grew up, you put away childish things. When you're a baby Christian, you tend to whine and complain fault find, gossip, demand. That's what babies do. Now that you've grown up, you're to put away that stuff, put away jealousy and anger and deeds of the flesh. Now you can be all that God called you to be. 
And now that we love the Lord, he expects us to be different than what we used to be. You used to do certain things you can't do now because you're growing up. Now that you love the Lord, you're to be different from the people you associate who don't know the Lord. If you gossip at work like the unchurched do, what makes you any different than they? And even if you're going through something and we don't feel thankful, God still wants us to put on a heart of thanksgiving that says, I still trust you. Am I in the right church today? I just want to be sure. God wants us to grow up in Christ and give thanks in all things. That doesn't mean you give thanks after you get the raise. That means you give thanks before you get the raise. You don't Listen, you don't give thanks after you've acquired the mortgage for the house. You give thanks before you acquire the mortgage for the house. You don't wait until you get healed before you give him thanks. You give him thanks before you receive the healing. Come on, say thank you, Lord. Because he's good. He's good. No matter how bad life is, he's still good. God wants us to grow up in Christ and give him thanks in all things. Jesus healed 10 lepers one day, but only one came back to give him thanks. And let me tell you, he took serious note of that. Because the one did a 180, left the other nine going in the other direction, and came back and fell at the feet of Jesus and worshipped him, it says. Worshipped him. He was so thankful. Because his whole life was been destroyed by leprosy. You were outcast. You were done. Finished. Okay? Now they're given a new lease on life. And all ten of them begin to leave. And then he stops and turns around goes back. Worships Jesus. And the question Jesus had for this man was, were there not ten healed? Where are the other nine? And that's the way people are sometimes. They were that way in the wilderness. People attend church. Maybe they show up once a week. Maybe they give. They get some breakthroughs and some good breaks going, but rarely want to express the thanks they owe the Lord. We need to be grateful for everything in our lives. Give him thanks for everything that he's done. You could be in hell today. I'm thankful I'm not. The life of a believer is to be a life of thanksgiving, not a life of complaining. You could be in prison today. You could be in the hospital today. We love the Lord. We're to show the world we're different than what we used to be. We're to show the world he brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. A heart of thanksgiving is like this. I don't really feel thankful. I've been going through a lot the last few days. Everything seems to have piled up against me, and I'm a little bit depressed over some of the things that I'm experiencing, but I'm going to slip on the coat of thanksgiving. I don't feel it. I don't even want to do it, but I will slip this thing on and say, thank you, Lord. You're still good to me. I could be in hell. I could be in jail. I could be in the hospital. Thank you, Lord. You're good. In the time of greatest discouragement, have you ever been discouraged? Be thankful. Be truthful, though, when you're discouraged. You're discouraged. The flesh will try to take you into fault finding and gossiping and murmuring, just, and the flesh will try to blame God. No, give him thanks with a thankful heart. 
You recall the parable of the talents? Remember the one who did nothing with the money that God trusted him with? He said, Lord, I hid the money because I know you reap where you didn't sow. That devil is a liar. God would never reap where he didn't sow. That's not the way God is. All this guy was doing was making up excuses for why he didn't do what God asked him to do. And God, through Jesus, called him wicked for that kind of attitude. So what's our excuse? Well, I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm too black. I'm too white. I'm too what? Slip on the coat of thanksgiving, dressed on the inside, and dressed on the outside, even if on the inside things are feeling not too good, I still say, thank you, Lord. When you put on a heart of thanksgiving, what you're really doing is you're saying, the Lord lives in my life. When you, he, he, he sits on the throne of my heart. When you put on a heart of thanksgiving, you're saying, I couldn't do this before, but I'm putting away this childish behavior I'm laying aside the baggage I used to carry. I'm saying, Lord, I'm thankful. I'm not going to yield to becoming a complainer. And unless you're born again and walking in right relationship with the Lord, you can't even think about doing what I'm preaching about today. Unless the greater one lives in you, how are you going to control that tongue? I learned a long time ago, there's something about putting on a heart of thanksgiving It takes the focus off of my struggle, my woe is me. (laughs) When we begin to get the focus back on the Lord, we get the focus off of us. And we have to be, listen, we have to take that ungrateful nature and turn that thing and focus it toward God. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So when we tell God how thankful we are for the things that he has done, something begins to happen In my heart, things may not get better immediately, but they seem better because now I have hope. When we get our confession turned and aligned with God's word, nothing may change immediately outside, but it changes me on the inside. Then things will change on the outside. The tongue is the unruly member of your body. James says, if you can tame the tongue, you can control everything. So by faith, you speak thanksgiving when you don't feel thankful. Sometimes we have to keep our mouths shut instead of, if you say whatever pops into your mind, you can get in trouble. Some of you have already been in trouble. And as believers, we're supposed to be... People of thanksgiving, a life of thanksgiving. Paul said, we're to give thanks to the Lord in all things. Now, that doesn't mean we're thankful when the car won't start. It doesn't mean we're thankful when we get a bad report of illness. But we remain thankful to God even when there's trouble. We are thankful in times of trouble. It proves our spiritual maturity. And spiritual maturity... It's not measured by how many years you've been born again. I know people have been born again 30 years and they still act like babies. The slightest little thing. And I know people born again one year and they're further along than some who've been raised in the church. It's about our determination to obey 
the word of God and do what he says. Paul said, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to the Lord. We are to put away worry. We are to worry about nothing. We are to pray about everything. Unfortunately, people pray about nothing and worry about everything. That's not the way we're supposed to live. And here's how you put worry away. God, I'm obeying your word. I'm doing what you asked me to do. I'm putting you first. I'm doing the best I know how with what you've given me. I place this now in your hands. I cast my care on you. I've done all I know, and now I'm trusting you. Now, God, it's up to you for what you're going to do from this point on. If you're not putting God first, how can you bring yourself to that place? If you're living for self instead of living for the Lord, how are you going to accomplish that? Instead of begging God, you pray with thanksgiving in all situations. I thank you, Lord. I've made my request known. Now I'm thanking you. Lord, I thank you for saving my son. He may not be living right at the moment, but I believe you're working in his life. Your word says, my house shall be saved. He may be even in jail, but I thank you. You're working all things together for good. I still thank you, Lord. Flesh wants to say, God, why did you allow my son to go to jail? That's what the flesh man's going to say. No, we're to pray with thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you. You've got this under control. You're going to turn his life around. I live a life of thanksgiving. That's what the Christian is called to do. Lord, I thank you for assisting me in my finances. I may be struggling right now, but I'm, I'm bringing you the tithe. I know in due season, I'll reap a harvest in my life. So I thank you, Lord. The finances may not have come in yet, but I believe they're on the way. Thank you, Lord, for helping me lose weight. Amen? For changing my mindset, for changing my attitude. If I can just get through the holidays without gaining any more weight, I'll have victory. Amen? Thank you, Lord. There's something about praying with thanksgiving, and it gives you a better attitude. Something about a thankful heart that helps you to get through any storm, whatever the storm is. I enter his gates with thanksgiving, Psalm 100, and come into his courts with praise. So here's the deal. God says, you enter his gates with thanksgiving. Before you can get into the presence of God, you have to enter through the gate. The gate is closed. To get through the gate, you put on the heart of thanksgiving. Well, God doesn't close the gate. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. I'll read it to you from Psalm 100. Enter with the password. You don't need a password if the gate's wide open, if there's not something standing there, right? It says in Psalm 100, enter with the password, thank you. That allows the gate to open. And make yourselves at home then, thanking him and worshiping him. I'm reading part of Psalm 100 out of the message version. There it is. You enter his gates. The gate's closed. You get through the gate you put on an attitude of thanksgiving. And once you put on a heart of thanksgiving, you get past that gate and then you enter his courts with praise. There's the outer court, there's the inner court, and you need to get into the inner court because then you go into the holy of holies where his presence resides. But murmuring and complaining and fault finding and gossiping, 
None of that is going to get you what you want. God's not interested in us coming to him with that kind of an attitude. In fact, it'll cause you to lose everything you want. I know you're married to that miserable person, but instead of complaining, you are to enter the gates of the Lord and say, thank you, Lord. You've got my man under your control. He doesn't want to come to church. He doesn't want to do anything that you want him to do. I know that, but my life is going to be an example. I'm thankful you're going to turn him around. You're going to turn our marriage around. I'm going to stay faithful, and I'm going to stay thankful. I'm going to praise you in the court until I get into your presence. So if you're praying and nothing's happening, it may be because you haven't yet gotten through the gate of thanksgiving and praise. The heavens are going to be closed as long as we approach God murmuring and complaining. The heavens will go like this. Quit waiting for God to bring you a miracle before you're thankful. Quit waiting on God and complaining nothing's happening. We've got to thank him in advance. We have to thank him for all things he has done in the past. Yes, he's faithful back here. He is faithful today. And yet the things he's still going to do for us in the future. Am I preaching right yet? Okay. You can complain about your husband or about your wife if you want to. God wants you to be thankful that you have a spouse. Instead of cussing each other, God wants you to speak blessing over one another. What does the word say? It says, give and it shall be given to you. Well, he's not treating me right. So I'm not going to give to him. But by faith you give and God says, I will give it back to you. Give and it will be given back to you. Begin to speak a blessing when you don't want to speak a blessing. I'm speaking about a decision that you have to make to speak thanksgiving out of your mouth. In other words, I have to decide I'm through complaining. How many of those sometimes you have to begin to act it out in spite of your feelings? Then the feelings get in line because you call them into submission to the will of God. So you're in a test. That's what that's all about. Maybe you're not in a test right now. Maybe you are but you will be. You're in a test. And when you've entered the test, you have to stop and catch yourself and say, wait a minute, what am I going to do here? What does the word of God tell me to do here? Initially, early on, you'll struggle and you'll fail that test because your old nature immediately kicks in and takes over and responds. But after your spirit man begins to get the upper hand because you're feeding the word of God into your spirit man, and the spirit man begins to control decision making, you begin to speak that thankfulness out of your heart, and you begin to align with what God says, then watch what God does when you pass the test. Instead of complaining, you say, I trust you. How many know you can't live your life by feeling? Because your feelings will mislead you. They'll get you in a lot of trouble. If you live by feelings, you'll complain until the day you die. They'll just have to clamp them closed even after that. 
You can praise the Lord and watch him turn things around. And know this, it's going to pass. Even if you're depressed, here's what God says to do. He says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Yes, it's a decision to praise God in the middle of what you're going through. If you live by feelings, you're not going to be grateful. If you live by feelings, you're not going to put on the garment of praise. Make up your mind, I will wear a thankful heart. And when you put on a thankful heart, it changes your attitude. It makes your feelings start to align with what God says. Daily, we are bombarded with negative talk. I mean, you can't turn hardly anything on, and here it comes. Here comes the spewing of negativity, and people make stuff up. It's crazy. Uh, somebody makes a statement, and then so, and somebody tries to interpret it in the news and say, well, I'm offended because... Uh, really? He didn't even say that. That's not what he said. Every day bombarded with thoughts by complainers and murmurers and negative speech makers, you have to make up your mind by the power of the Holy Spirit, I will not give in to the flesh man. Now, it's not a sin to have a negative thought pop up. Like on the internet, you have a pop up every once in a while. But it's a sin to embrace it and then to speak it out of your heart and out of your mouth. In fact, God says a negative report, when, when, when the 10 spies came back with a report that was negative, 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 it's a good land, but, and here they went with that word, negative, negative, negative. God said, you all have an evil report. He said, that report you brought me is evil. While there may be fact in what you said, you've exaggerated it, and you've blown it way out of proportion, and who are they compared to me, God asks, right? In fact, God says a negative report is evil. Tell your neighbor sometimes we need to keep our mouths closed. Mm -hmm. You're in a situation and it's not good. Even when you're in a place where it seems there's nothing good, look for something to be grateful for. And your mind is saying, yeah, there's nothing here for me to be grateful about. Your mind will say, this is just too hard. You have to obey the word if you're going to be blessed. How many know you can feel sorry for yourself from time to time? <laughs> How many feel for, sorry for yourself right now? Don't, don't raise your hands. Okay. <clears throat> when you start feeling sorry for yourself, just remember how many close calls God delivered you out of before you were born again and even after you were born again. And, and, and not just the things you know he delivered you and protected you from. Start thanking God for the stuff you never saw coming because he so protected you, you didn't even see it when he protected you. The bullet just missed you. That car just, just missed, you just missed that accident by seconds. And sometimes it's good to remember how close you came to killing yourself before you gave your life to the Lord. How many know that life rarely lives up to your expectations? You know, you, you, this is what I'm thinking about and I want to do and I want to go. If you're not careful, you'll be less like the children of Israel and you'll default to complain. It's not easy to say thank you, Jesus, when your spouse has mistreated you. It's not easy to say thank you, Lord, when your car's broken down and you can't afford to fix it this week. Now that you love the Lord, 
He expects you to put away the complaining and put on a heart of thanksgiving. Instead of complaining, I don't have a jacuzzi. Be thankful you've got running water and you can take a shower. If nothing else, be thankful you live in a country where you can hear the gospel being preached and there are people protecting your right to do that. Man, yeah. Well, pastor, the situation just keeps getting worse. And I've been praying and nothing's happening. What am I doing wrong? You might not be doing anything wrong. It may be just that this is the way the test is tracking that you happen to be in. And God's allowing it to go on to, uh, to see your faith manifested. Is it going to pass the test? So quit worrying about it. Put on a heart of thanksgiving. Relax. Just chill, baby, right? Tell somebody, chill, baby. Just look at them and say, relax. Just relax. Put on a heart of thanksgiving. The life of a believer is designed to be one of thanksgiving, even in hard times. Some of the sweetest experiences I've seen of people in difficult spots. You say, man, I don't understand, God, why you've allowed that to happen to these wonderful people. And it looks like it's not working out. But then to hear them through the morass of trouble talk about the goodness of God and the faithfulness of the Lord. Even if you don't have all the things you want today, no, God's blessing is coming your way. I've got, I've got good coming my way because the God I serve is the God that loves me and cares about me and carries me around always wherever he is on his heart. Maybe your car isn't everything you want it to be, but at least it got you here today and a better one's going to come someday. In the meantime, be thankful for what you have. The next time you start to complain, catch yourself, repent, and put on a heart of thanksgiving. We're more blessed than 98% of the rest of the world, even the poorest among us here in the United States of America. We are the most blessed people on the planet. So next time, catch yourself, repent, put on thanksgiving, and don't let one day go by without thanking God for at least a dozen different things he's done for you through the course of the day. God has been good to me. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I'll never forget my grandparents on both sides of the family. They all immigrated here, and uh, they landed on an island out, outside New York Harbor. And you've, you know, you've heard references made to the statue. They saw the Statue of Liberty. But, uh, statue was there for them like it was everybody else coming to America. And uh, they didn't get off the island until they passed certain exams and tests. And, and uh, they were healthy, and they weren't breaking laws and doing kinds of things that get people in trouble. And they got here, and they, they had an opportunity. That's what they wanted, was an opportunity. And they came for the opportunity. And I never, ever once heard them complain about stuff and not going the way I wanted, or somebody called me a name because of my, my, my heritage, or somebody picked on me and didn't allow me to get ahead because they didn't like the color of my skin. I never heard any of that. Here's what I heard. I'm we're so grateful that we could become Americans and have the opportunities that we have. 
God has been, listen, I remember it rolling off their, their lips. God has been good to me. Never forget that. God has been good to me. I may not have a turkey in the oven, but I have a chicken. It's in the Instapot right now, right? You might not have a ham, but you've got some turkey hot dogs. You may not have your house yet, but you've got a roof over your head. Things might not look good to you right now, but you've got one more day to praise the Lord. I will offer him the sacrifice of praise. I'm going through something I don't want to go through, but I'm trusting God anyways. I believe I serve a God who turns things around. He's got more, and it's better for me tomorrow. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I have a lot to be thankful for in my life because I could be in hell today. The truth is, if it had not been for the mercies of the Lord, that's where all of us would be today. So the children of Israel go through 40 years of regret because they never learned to stop complaining. Heaven's gates are closed if you don't enter with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And these are not my rules. These are God's rules. Well, I just don't believe that. Then you'll remain in the mess you're in. If you're happy with what you have, keep what you've got. I'm believing God for a greater blessing. And the bottom line is this. If you'll put on a heart of thanksgiving, you'll watch your attitude change. Then slowly your circumstances will change. And when you're really going through something, when you start complaining, you get so impatient, you're liable to quit. You're liable to throw the towel in. You're liable to say, enough. You'll walk away from your destiny. You'll abort what God's plan was. You'll do something you'll regret and wish you had never done. But as long as I'm thankful, I can outlast the storm. God built us to outlast the storm. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Hebrew says, I have everything I need. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Which simply means I'm submitted to him. Now sheep have a hard time learning that. That's why God calls people sheep in his church. Because we all have to learn how to do this. Because our tendency is, I want to lie, it's over there, I want to go to... No, you get over here. And if you don't, he'll make you lie down. Sheep don't do that naturally. The shepherd teaches them to do that. I've had times when God's made me lie down. He leads me beside stilled waters. Stilled meaning he, he dams up the creek because sheep are skittish around running water for fear they'll drown so the shepherd knows I'll dam it up and I'll allow the water then to pool so that they can drink without fear. He restores my soul. And some people have wandered through life even as believers with wounds in their soul that have never been healed. You have soul wounds. I have a God who knows how to heal 
your broken, wounded soul. (laughs) He's assigned two angels to come and hang out with me. They're following me everywhere I go. Goodness and mercy are their names. And they follow me everywhere I go, all the days of my life. I'm protected. I am blessed. God's been good. He surrounds me even when I don't feel like it. Even when I'm praying, it seems like, where are you, Lord? I don't feel anything. And then he reminds me, read my word. I keep it. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm here. You can get your attitude turned around when you start giving thanks. You'll turn the serpents away from you when you start giving praise. People complain they don't have a job. Then God gets them a job. Then they start complaining about the job he got them. Some complain because they've had to live in the garage. They finally move out of the garage to a two-bedroom apartment. Then they start complaining that's not big enough. Some complain because they're alone. Then God brings them somebody, and they complain about the person he brought them. Listen, listen, folks. There are things in our lives we just need to stop complaining about and say, Lord, you got this. That's who you are. Amen? And if God's word is true, and I know it is, I don't just believe it is, I know it is. Tears may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Stand with me and give thanks to God.